0: Well, good morning, girls and boys. It's nice to be back with you again, having had a little holiday in hospital for a few days. And I must thank you for sending in a recording of your singing to me when I was in hospital. I enjoyed that very much indeed. And I could see you all singing even as I listened. We're turning to Jonah, and it's the verse 7 this time. Verse 7 of Jonah, and there we read, And they said every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. When the captain went down and found Jonah asleep, you remember how he said to him, In the verse 6, What meanest thou, O sleeper, arise, call upon thy God? If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. We don't read of any answer from Jonah. And I'm sure that's significant. Jonah would have felt a measure of shame. For he knew why there was a storm. He knew why they were in trouble. And so he was silent before this challenge from the captain. Jonah's lack of prayer, he wasn't praying. I'd say already among the sailors, there was a crying unto their gods for deliverance almost as soon as the storm broke upon them, but Jonah wasn't praying. And Jonah's lack of prayer is shown up. To be all the more sinful and wicked in the light of the fact that the heathen sailors were praying. When the heathen man who knows nothing about God is crying to heaven for help, and yet the man of God who knew the Lord was silent, that makes his silence very sinful indeed. Very sinful indeed. Now boys and girls, it's unusual for sailors to pray. Sailors, sadly, have a reputation throughout history and throughout the world as being sinful men. Men who live for the ways of the world, the ways of, of evil, the ways of pleasure, and had no regard for holiness or God or truth. But here we have them praying. Here we have them praying. And that brings us to the point I want you to notice this morning, or at least one of the points. Hopefully we'll get to the second one. But notice the first one, and that is this. Even the worst of men are aware that sin brings judgment. Men who never read the Bible, men who never go to church, men who never think of God, nevertheless, they know sin brings judgment. Sin brings judgment. Look at what we read here in the verse 7 that we're looking at. And they said, every one to his fellow. So this is what they were saying among themselves. Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. We're in trouble, they're saying, and we're in trouble because somebody has done evil. So, despite man's apparent total rejection of God and God's truth, deep down in every heart there is an awareness that sin is visited by judgment. I have seen that. In my own limited experiences, that when people run into trouble, even though when things were going well, they never thought of God and they laughed at the idea of the Bible and the Gospel and the Lord Jesus and salvation. But when they ran into trouble, immediately they thought about God and they thought of how they needed Him. And throughout history, and I've read on many, many occasions, Of the most wicked of people who live to fight the idea that there is a God. Written about it. Mocked anybody who believed in God. But when trouble came to their doorstep. Without any hesitation as it were. They acknowledged there is a God. Because man knows there is a God. And he lives to deny that truth. But he knows it's there. This knowledge that. God does exist. You can see, for instance, let me show you an instance of this thing being. So, over in Acts, in the chapter 28, near the end of the book of Acts, Paul is on his way to Rome as a prisoner. And they run into a great storm. And their ship is tossed about for a long time. And then finally it's wrecked on the shore of the island of Malta. And we read in verse 1 of Acts chapter 28. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. Or today we call it Malta. And the barbarous people. Now that shows you the character of the people who lived there. They were barbarous. They were heathen knew nothing about the truth of God. The barbarous people showed us no little kindness for they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. It was miserable. Everybody was freezing, having been tossed into the sea, etc. And yet these barbarous people offered what comfort they could and got a fire going and all the rest of it. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, that's interesting. Paul didn't sit down beside the fire and warm his hands. But though he was an elderly man, he was up gathering sticks like everybody else. Oh, Paul was a worker. So he's gathering a bundle of sticks, verse 3, and led them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat. A snake must have been hiding in the bundle of sticks that he had lifted. And as soon as he threw the sticks on the fire, the heat made the old snake head out. And so it came out and it fastened on his hand. It bit him. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance... Suffereth him not to live. See they're thinking. If you do wrong. It'll catch up with you. This man escaped the sea. But see how providence has caused this snake now to bite him. Judgment has caught up with him. That's what they were thinking. And across the whole world. No matter where people live. There is this awareness within their heart and mind. If you do wrong there's judgment. do wrong there's judgment. And that's what this people was thinking. Though in the wonderful mercy of God, of course, the snake bite didn't affect Paul. And led on to the people beginning to realize there's something special about this man. And, well, you can read the rest of the story further on. Paul himself wrote in Galatians chapter 6 to verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. There's a harvest. If you sow sin, there's a harvest. And these sailors on this boat, ungodly men, no time for truth, or the gospel, or the Lord, nevertheless knew this storm has come because of sin. Sin is the cause of it. And boys and girls, we all ought to take that truth on board. We cannot live as we like. We cannot defy God. We cannot throw aside His law without paying a price. Without paying a price. Now, I am going to get to the second point, and that is this. Their readiness to undergo the lot shows their ignorance of their sin. Now, what was the lot? Let's read the the words again and get the picture. And they said, everyone to his fellow, come and let us cast lots. What does that mean? Cast lots. Well, let me tell you what it means. Sometimes, maybe we're picking a wee football team or two. We want to decide who's on which side and so forth. And rather than have somebody coming along, well, I'll decide, you go, then you go. No, no. There's a method. used to be, you could take some straws and cut them into little lengths. Say there's ten boys going to play football. Well, we we'll get ten straws, but one of them is a bit longer. And you put the ten straws in your hand with the tops all even. And you hide that from everyone. And you say, pick a straw. Now, they all look even, but there's one of them longer everybody picks a straw. And whoever gets the long straw, well, they're the chosen. They're selected. And what these men were planning to do was something similar. I don't know what form the casting of the lot took among them, but they were doing something like that. They were saying, let's find out which one of us is guilty. And so they cast lots. And I'm suggesting that one way is to cut straws with one long one and then let everybody pick a straw, and whoever gets the long straw, they're the one. Well, in this case, and I emphasize it may not have been a matter of straws, but in this case, Jonah got the long straw. It says, So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. God in his overruling providence saw to it that Jonah was identified as the cause of the storm. The point I want you to understand today is this, is that these men knew something was wrong. There's a storm. And the storm is here as a judgment from heaven. A judgment from heaven on sin. But we don't really know what the sin is. We don't know who the sinner is. We don't know which one of us is guilty. So there's a big question mark over the whole thing. And the point I'm trying to get across to you, boys and girls, is that while across the world people know that there is a thing called sin, they're very limited in their understanding of sin. They're very limited in their understanding of sin. Very imperfect knowledge. Man has only the vaguest notion of what sin is and what it is that offends God. He has no idea really of how much in God's eyes sin appears as terrible and evil and black and dark. Man has only a very small notion. It's a bit like this. Your mum and dad may have said to you, now don't go near the fire, it'll burn you. Now you know from that moment that fire burns. But the knowledge you have, is very small in comparison if you put your hand into the fire. Then you would know that fire burns. You would know it much more accurately. You would know it much more fully. You would be more aware that it burns than you were when mum or dad told you. And we have a notion of what sin is, but it's far short of what sin truly is. It takes God... To enlighten the mind and enlighten and quicken the heart of the sinner before they can understand what sin is. You know, David, the great king, and he was a holy man. He's described as a man after God's own heart. But even David backslid. He backslid. He did wrong. He actually did terrible wrong. But for a time, David lived. With an awareness he had done wrong, but it was a very shallow awareness. It didn't keep him awake at night, I think I'm right in saying. It didn't seem to really trouble him that he had sinned and sinned terribly and offended God. But he didn't seem aware of it until God took a dealing with him. And then, when God took a dealing with him, David said, I have sinned. I have sinned. And there was a great brokenness came over David. A great awareness. It's as if his eyes were opened and he saw what he had done and how he had offended God. But he hadn't that understanding until God gave it to him. It's like the prodigal. He turned his back on his dad. The love, the care, the kindness that his dad had shown him. Turned his back on him and away he went to a far country. Wasted everything his father had ever given him. Was reduced to poverty. And only then did he see how foolish he was. And he made his way back home again and they said, I have sinned. He didn't feel that when he was in the far country making a fool of himself. Wasting his money. Living amongst the pigs. He didn't feel it then. But his mind was open. His eyes were open. Another example is The thief on the cross, crucified beside the Savior. And his companion mocked the Lord Jesus. Mocked him. How depraved is man that he should be dying himself. And yet he's mocking the one in between the two of them who is dying. But suddenly God opened his eyes. And he stopped mocking. And he shouted over to his companion, Stop mocking. Stop. Stop mocking. This man has done nothing amiss. We deserve to be crucified. We have sinned. What happened? His eyes were open. He saw as he had never seen before. His own wickedness. I tell you, it's like these sailors. They were saying something's wrong. There's a storm. Somebody had done wrong. But we don't know who. We don't know what. We'll cast lots. To see if we can find some information about this. Because we don't know. And that's the way it is with man. Man knows very little about sin. He needs to be taught by God. That's the lesson we may learn here. That's the whole purpose of the gospel, you know. That's why the gospel has to be preached. There's a perfect illustration of this. There's a couple of the girls not in today. They're not feeling well. Now, I have no doubt mum or dad has said to them, how do you feel? Have you got a pain? Where is the pain? And the girls have been able to give some Information, it's down here or it's up here or wherever, but that really is not enough. If the pain's very severe or the sickness is very severe, they'll likely be brought to see a doctor, and the doctor will be able to say what's wrong. Now, do you see the thing? You and I may feel I'm not right with God, I know I've done wrong, but I don't know exactly what, I really can't understand. We need God, we need the great doctor, the great physician to tell us what's wrong. And the gospel is all about telling men and women what's wrong and why they're in misery and why there's no joy and victory and blessing in their lives. I'll read to you from the Acts of the Apostles because there we find just exactly why it is the gospel is preached. Acts chapter 26, we were in chapter 28 there a minute or two ago. when we're going back again to Acts when it's chapter 26. And we read in Acts chapter 26, and it's the verse 18 of that chapter. The Lord saying to Paul, Paul, here's what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to deliver you, verse 17, deliver you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. I'm going to keep you safe from them in order that you might open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's of preaching the gospel does. It opens the eyes. These sailors, their eyes were closed as far as what was wrong. They, oh, they, they had a vague notion. There's something wrong. There's, somebody has done something wrong. That's why we're in a storm. But they knew no more than that. We need the gospel to come and explain to us what it is exactly has offended God. And more than that, how it is we can go about getting our sins forgiven. That's why we chose that hymn this morning. There's power in the blood. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Men don't know that until God tells them that it's through the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we obtain forgiveness of sin and pardon. Boys and girls, by nature, we're all like those sailors on that ship, aware that everything's not right, but no idea as to exactly what's wrong. I have no idea how to put it right. But the Bible tells us. The Bible has the answer. It points us the way. That's why the Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's information that will save your soul in the Bible and only in the Bible. May the Lord bless this word to your heart today. Let's just bow together, please, in prayer. Dear Lord, Help us to see these poor sailors on the ship, lost, frightened, not knowing what to do. Oh God, make us to realize that's what we are without the light of the gospel, without the help that only Christ can give. And may every heart and soul in this place look to Christ and be trusting in Him for salvation. Bless the school today and those who are off unwell. May your hand be upon them. For Jesus' sake, Amen. Amen.